Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Previously on Dungeons & Dragons. Greg, do you know where the Lonely Whip is? We'll have to look around. Maybe something will jog my memory. You enter the Lonely Whip. It smells like drunk. One man does stand out to you, though. A possible knight of the Order of the Gauntlet. Hey, friend, what you drinking? I'm sorry, I I have to be going. I try to stop him. He manages to slide you off. Oh, fine, we're just gonna follow you then. All right, well, my ride's leaving, I gotta go. Grug, you coming? Oh, oh yeah, yep. You need to stop following me. And he pulls his great sword and runs at Thea. Donnie stings him and he utters the single word, succubus. All right, so we gotta, we gotta kill this thing dead. You crash in the door. Demon! Demon! Face me! I think we better go in as well. Everybody (laughs) in their mind hears a voice. Your efforts have been thwarted time and time again by my helpers. You see a winged, beautiful creature. And I say, listen here, bitch. (laughs) Casts Sunbeam. God! Damn it! And then I'm going to cast Lightning Bolt. Her wings are fried and she drops to the ground, but she begins to phase out. I raise raise up my hand in a, in a prohibitive manner and I say, Halt! And it doesn't work. And so I just get like a little bit sad and just kind of stare at my feet. We know your plans. Did we kill the thing? Yeah, what happened out here? She ran scared. Oh, she's got some plans against you. It's good, you're making enemies. Means you're doing something right, I think. Grug steps back up to the stage and plays you a ditty on the way out as we fade out. Don't you go. Welcome to Dungeons & Dragons. We are a D&D 5th edition actual play podcast, and I'm your Dungeon Master, Russ Moore, and with me today is Tom Laird. Oh, hey, that's me. Surprise second uh, billing today. Usually it's Amy, but glad to be here, guys. I play Flint Firebeard. Well, you were about to choose something, so I threw it to you. It's true. It was great timing on your part. Yep. <laughs> and Carla Johnson. That is me. I play Nulara Moonbrook. And Amy Moore. I can't believe I was replaced by Tom. Yeah. I, I play the Amastasia. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello. <Hey>. Hello. <laughs> no, Amy's all despondent now. <laughs> why? why I just you, don't feel as loved as I usually am. I mix it up every now and again. You can't be second all the time. Sometimes I can be first. Oh, now right. we're getting to the heart of the matter. Now de- we're getting to the heart. DM the second episode. It's I don't fun. want to. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your notes that I won't be able to read. And no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, um, Russ, if you had like clear printing, maybe it would be possible for someone else. But oh boy, that chicken scratch. He's like, I want to make sure that no one can take over for me. Well, it's not even just that. You know, it's the glance across the table at the book and see what's coming up. You know, you just want to avoid all of that if possible. Are you calling me a cheater? I sounded like he was calling you a cheater. cheater. I didn't say it was an intentional glance. I merely said it was a glance. Oh, I'm an accidental cheater. Oh, boy. Oh, I see how it is. Oh, boy. Yeah. So with that note, um, we're on Patreon. 
<laughs> Russ is going to need money for a divorce lawyer. Yeah, so. Russ is definitely going to need to buy Amy yeah. something pretty. After uh, this. What's that level that we should set that at? <laughs> Russ and Amy get a divorce. Oh boy, a certain level. Well, we can now, so that's the point, right? We can afford it. <laughs> okay then. It's, um, it's got dark real fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this episode. Um, is dedicated to one of our lucky patrons because that's what you get when you're a patron is you get an episode dedicated to you. And this one about divorce talk goes to uh, uh, our good patron, Nathan Donahue. Nathan. Nathan. Thanks, Nathan. We'll try and make it a bit more upbeat from now on. For All sure. Right. And Nathan, I just want you to know it's not your fault. It's not your fault. We love it's Everyone loves you very fault. much. Yep. And we won't stop to do with you. you. If There's nothing you could have done. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we're going to move right along from that. Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash dumbdragoncast if you want to go check it out for yourself. We have uh, we rejigged the tiers there a little bit. So we've got some new things going on that you can go check out and get some great rewards, including Tom's one shot. That was pretty awesome. That just finished up last month. Timing of everything. Yep. And the new one that starts right now, probably, or soon hereafter. <laughs> dates. Dates are good. I didn't look at a calendar beforehand. Yeah. Um, but that Also, one... there's uh, 11 episodes of my quote-unquote one-shot. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't yeah. call it a one-shot. A one-one-shot. No, Play the tape back, Russ. Play it back. <laughs> oh, I know. I know exactly what I said. Not a one-shot. An 11-shot. Yeah. Tom's, Tom's arc. arc is what the word I was looking for. Yes, it was super fun. Uh, hopefully, if you do sign up, you enjoy the hell out of it. You will. I'm saying. I'm saying you oh, will wow. enjoy the hell Carl out of it. Carl's laying it down. You will enjoy it. Yeah, so go check that out. We've got a new one starting up. Oh, fuck. I just looked at the calendar. We've got a new one. It's already started. We're playing Fake Core. We're an RPG podcast over there. Not just a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Doing new crazy things. So That's go check right. that out. We know stuff. We know all the things. And everybody is great and awesome. Yes. Wow. Now we're getting things. to the love part of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Right? Fuck it. Let's play D&D. Yeah. Yeah. Tom didn't talk over me this time. That was good. It's got to keep you guessing. It made me laugh a lot when I listened to the episode where I did do that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have just finished partying hard with your good friend, Grug. That was awesome. And you wake up in your respective rooms... What are you do, what are you what are you doing there? Let's start with uh, new Laura. Well, big day today for me and for Donnie because I think things are about to get starting rolling big adventure wise, big yeah. dragon fighting wise, even more than they already, you know, have been. Sure. So, uh, Donnie is going to put on his collar of evolution which means he is no longer going to be a pseudo-dragon. He is going to be a gold dragon wormling, which means he is a straight-up badass. You're going to need a bigger backpack, I think. Yeah, he definitely will not be (laughs) backpack-sized anymore. He's very powerful and can do lots of cool things. Wonderful to be announced, but um, yeah, I think this morning before we go, kind of talk to the council and get things going, we'll um, yeah, eat some breakfast, and I'll put I'll put that collar on him, and 
He'll have his new flashy form for the rest of the adventure. So, Donnie. Yeah. This is it. Are you ready? This is going to change a lot. Not who you are, you know, deep down, but certainly appearance-wise and and let's say strength-wise. Are you ready? No, you know, I've been feeling like I've been just like a big big dragon in a little dragon shell here. So really, I think this is uh, this is where we need to be. So yeah, hook me up. Hold on, I'm not going to blow the roof off this place, am I? Uh, I don't think so. I think you'll be okay. You're going to have some new, let's say, breath-focused skills, so maybe try and keep that under control. Well, I make no guarantees, but you know how it is. Sometimes you just have to use your breath. <laughs> that is that is the saying. <laughs> that is the saying. Uh, okay, are you ready? Let's do this. Let her rip. Okay, so I come over to it, and he's so little. He's just like the size of like a cat right now. Yeah, very tiny. And I put on the collar, and he gets like big, like not dragon big, but like I think medium sized creature big, which is like way bigger than he was, right? Like that's like human sized. Yeah. He's like. 10 times the size he was or something. Uh, it's yes, pretty dramatic. About right, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you put the collar on and like a magical energy swirls around him and he begins increasing in size and a golden shimmer comes from this energy and he yeah, grows to about the size of a human and he's standing there and he says, "Holy shit. You got a mirror or something? I can see my beautiful self." I guess, is there, like, a mirror in the... Sure, yeah, there's a mirror there. Sure, or sure, some, I mean... Some, yeah. Seems like Nular's not, like, so into that, but I'm sure there's, like, mirror comes, like, standard issue in one of these kind of bunk kind of rooms, you know? I'm sure there's a thing. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I, I point towards the mirror, and he, like, smoothly... I was gonna say waddles over, but that's insulting. <laughs> <laughs> he smoothly walks over, like the cool, beautiful dude he is. If you could put some, like, tuba music in the background as he waddles, Russ. <laughs> yep, you got it. Uh, yeah, he glides over, and, uh, is like, you know what? I'm a damn fine good... I mean, I was good-looking before, as far as pseudo-dragons go, but... Whoo, doggy! Look out! Lady Dragons, Donnie's on the towel. Flint, what are you doing as you wake up in your, in your, uh, you're probably not super hungover, you're a dwarf, but you know, you're, you're groggy from the night before. Got a pretty hardy constitution, I bounce back quick. Yep. Um, I take a look in the mirror and look at the uh, blue dragon scales that are getting a little bit bigger on the old chest. Yeah, you walk over and you look. You don't even really need a mirror or whatever you do. Um, you see that they've they haven't grown much higher. They haven't grown much higher towards your neck, but they're beginning to spread down to your side. Yeah, which is nice. They haven't grown up because I like to wear a deep V on occasion. So right. it's real good that they haven't been creeping up there yet. You hear Bort in your mind. And he's like, uh, yeah, I know you, I've been noticing you've been trying to get those deep feet, so I've been trying to hold it back as much as I can from that area. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you see it's kind of grown around and it's starting to move around your, your right side, the rib cage there. And you even notice a little bit beginning to go kind of into your arm, um, like armpit into your, your right bicep there. 
Bort says, uh, so, uh, we, ha- we haven't told everybody yet. I know we've only, you know, not been wearing underwear once. <laughs> but I feel like the, uh, the old difficulty level on that, keeping that one in the bag is, uh, way- wearing thin, my friend. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of figured when I saw more of the scales that that was going to be the, do, do you know how long, like, I have until we kind of, like, till this gets worse? Uh, again, not entirely sure how how uh, quickly the transformation summit's been very quick. You appear to have a much higher uh, will to fight it uh, than others. Um, so I'd put us at a couple months tops for a complete transformation wherein I am you and you are me at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sure hope that my friends wrote down everything I need to to fix this, because I can't remember it. <laughs> I'm sure if you, sure if you asked your your dungeon master nice enough, he would probably reiterate. Okay, I'll I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Sounds good. Do you do anything else? Maybe what do you what do you do preparing? Because you're going to meet the council next. Um, I would like to. Did I order some room service? Because that seems like something I would have done. Sure. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, what's uh, what's what's the inn known for? What's its specialty? Their specialty is eggs, eggs, eggs. Okay, bacon, mm-hmm. yep. eggs. baconator Benedict. The, oh dear, this I'm gonna need all the details on this baconator eggs, baconator Benedict. Eggs, bake, eggs, bacon. Well, maybe not baconator eggs. Mega bacon. Is it because it's trademarked by Wendy's? We can't use yep. it. Yep. <laughs> okay, yeah. Eggs, yep. mega bacon addict. Oh dear, this sounds deadly. Yeah, so it's got your it's got your your standard your standard you know maybe it's a scone we got going on the bottom there nice scone uh, layer of bacon cross hatched mm. naturally mm-hmm. a perfectly poached egg to your liking soft medium or firm medium all the way there you go and then topped with the house specialty hollandaise and a sprinkle of chive oh it's a delightful twist. Isn't it? Isn't it? And uh, as I, I power through this, whatever you said it was, I can't remember the name now because I'm fixated on the other word that's trademarked. Uh, Eggs, bacon, I, or bacon, mega bacon addict. I yeah. look in the mirror and I say, well, if the scales won't kill me, this sure will. And I pound it on back. <laughs> here, here. Save one of those for me when we, we switch, we swapsies. Will do, bud. So, Thea, your, your next stop is likely the council. Uh, everybody's just kind of getting ready for the day. What does Thea do? Thea wakes up and rolls over, and all fluffy next to her is her big owl guacamole. At some drunken point last night, she called guacamole out. <laughs> and they snuggle-buddied it up. Nope. Yeah, she woke up in a fluff of white feathers, and, and she looks over beside the side of the bed and there are empty mugs of ale on her side and like a whole lot of dead mice and a couple dead rabbits on the side of guacamole's bed and she kind of like makes a face but scratches guacamole's belly and lets out a little owl trill or hoot or whatever happy owls make (laughs) Um, kind of like that sure yeah yeah. and um Thea kind of rolls over, but Guacamole is, like, super smart and kind of looks out and sees that the sun is rising and kind of nudges 
Thea and I'm like, she's like, oh no, there's five more minutes. And I get nudged out of the bed and start to get dressed for the day. You get dressed and all up and ready and uh, do you transform guacamole back or is she staying around? Uh, she's you... she's going to walk around behind me for a little while. Okay. Giant owls can fit through doors. Totally. Can they? Sure. Can yeah, they? Absolutely they can. Um, and you uh, head down the stairs and you're out front of the building and you see Nulara and Flint are standing outside and behind Nulara is a, I mean, not giant, but you would expect to see Donnie. So therefore a giant gold dragon wormling uh, standing behind her. Uh, Thea kind of skips up with guacamole following close behind. Who's your handsome buddy? Hey, it's me. Don- Donnie? Donnie? Yeah. Yeah, you didn't recognize the eyes? I look close into his eyes and yes, that is, that is you, Donnie. What? Oh, oh, you put your fancy collar on because I remember because I was there when he got it. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh-huh. I was going to be like, where did you get that? No. Uh, that's, that's amazing. Does he still maintain his like telepathicness? Obviously. Uh- he does, I assume, just because that's who he is. Mm-hmm. But he also now can speak draconic, which I believe you also speak. Oh, I speak a little draconic. He says, <laughs> No, draconic is <laughs> Yeah, Russ, jeez, get it together. Yeah, Amy speaks it. <laughs> but Sorry. I don't want to right now. And Flint is just walking around like, in awe, looking at Donnie, like, over from every angle, and just, like, looking back at New Laura, and then back at Donnie, and back at New Laura. He's just he's blown away by this. Guacamole hops up to Donnie. Are they similar in size now? Uh, Guacamole's probably still bigger. She gives him a nuzzle yeah. anyway. Sure. Yeah. Like, she, like, she knew. What do you do? I think we need to go and, and alert the council about this fucking messed up succubus bitch uh, as well as what we think might be happening with those she might be connected to those suicide murder suicides I'm not sure you're, you're fairly certain that she is the cause of the murder okay, suicide good. well we should go and tell someone of authority about that and maybe they can do something and we haven't talked to them like since we talked to the dragons right this is true yeah. Yeah, the last time you went there, it was before the dragons and before the Misty Forest. So that was the last kind of set out and do point that you would have talked to any of them. You all head to the council. You head right to the council chambers. Do you go try and check in with Leosin? Where do you, where do you go? I don't know. It might seem like a professional courtesy to go check in with him. You walk by Leosin's chambers. The door is open, uh, and you poke your head in there, um, and he's seated at his desk, uh, looking down, scrawling some notes into a into a big ledger that he has there. He doesn't notice you kind of step up there. Can we do, like, a real cool guy knock on the door? Yeah, how does it sound? I love that that's Classic. your cool guy that's, knock. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That is the coolest Timeless. guy knock. Yeah. Right? Uh, he looks up. He has kind of, a, well, he has a tired look on his face. Like he's been dealing with a lot of stuff, perhaps. Um, but he's, he smiles a little bit when he sees you and he says, uh, good, good, good to see you, 
my friends. Uh, it's been been a while since your last visit. A few weeks, a couple weeks. I don't even know. So much has happened. Um, uh, you've dealt with the Misty Forest and the Dragon Council? Yes. Yep. We checked both those off our, our list. It was a good time. And you have a large dragon and owl behind you. Yes? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Good. This is just Donnie. Not hallucinating. Oh. This is this is just Donnie. Really? Hmm. N- new and improved. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's just, just me, bud. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. Well, uh, if you're not worried about it, I'm not worried about it. It's okay. Everybody is actually in the council right now. Um, I don't know where to start with the news that we have going on. The, the Cult of the Dragon has been expanding rapidly. Everyone is hesitant to move forward until you return. So, thankfully, you've returned today um, and hopefully can light some fires under under their butts, so I to speak. love lighting fire. I knew you do. I knew you do. That's why, that's why I used that one. It's for you. <laughs> you know me so well, Leosin. I can walk you, walk you down there if you like, or if you have any questions for me prior, please, please, please ask. You get enough sleep, buddy? No. When the Cult of the Dragon is trying to take over the world, it makes it kind of difficult to get a, a good night's rest. You, you should really work on that. It's important. You know, you take care of you so you can take care of others. Of course. I will, I will take that take that to, into consideration tonight. All right. Thank you. Uh, is, there, is there anyone that's going to give us any pushback on the council these days? The, the last time you were here, everyone seemed to have their own opinion. This time, I feel like you will be more in the driver's seat. So you have not heard us speak publicly for a while. Then. <laughs> <laughs> they will have information for you as to what has been going on and possibly where to send you next. But I think they're more concerned with um, the reinforcements from the Dragon Council, if that has gone well. And... What of the Misty Forest? All right, let's drop some news bombs on these peeps. Let's go! He leads you down the hallway that you've walked down a few times, and normally the doors are closed and you hear like a rumble of argument and chaos behind these doors, at least the last time you came. This time, uh, the doors are open a crack, and it seems quiet. Like It seems almost silent. You hear a few stirs of chairs, and you enter, and beyond the doors, you see the council all seemingly silent in thought. Kind of looking off into different corners, and um, not not entirely all there, but Leosin makes a little rap on the door, and everybody... Well, this is a story. <laughs> <laughs> Does a cool guy knock like Flint does? Yeah. And everyone, as if jarred from whatever stupor they were in, look up. And you see a bit of relief wash over their face as you enter the room. Leosin makes the announcement that you have all returned and have news from the previous missions that you were sent on. And says, I will leave you to it. If you need anything from me before you leave, please swing on by. And Lady Laryl Silverhand ushers you to they sit at some empty chairs at the table there. And she says, 
Dear adventurers, it is good to see you back. What can you tell us of your journeys? We went to the Misty Forest and we found Nairnvane. Uh, is King Melandric there? Yes, King Melandric is there and he sits up and he says, yes, you, you found my son. Oh yeah, I don't know if you want to call him that anymore. What? That bastard's riding around on a green dragon destroying elven villages. You see a rage well up inside. And he was angry the last time with just about everybody who was in the room. But this time you see just this silent, seething anger. And his pale complexion grows a bright, fiery red. And he says, so he's with the cult of the dragon? Yes. I mean, to be 100% honest with you, I'm not sure if he's with the cult or not, but he's definitely with a dragon named Kuth, and they're laying some shit down on people. Oh, I have a journal. Go for it. Okay, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I pull out of my regular bag, not of holding, but it does hold things. Yep. My bag of hold things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I walk over to King Melandric, and I, I place the journal in front of him. And I say, do not take our word for it. See for yourself. Uh, Read for yourself. Sure. Take a look at this. <laughs> Check this out. You see him hold his hand on the book and then skim past a few pages. And he, as you look, you see some of the pages that you have read where he's mentioned that, um, in fact, the dragon mask that he had is at the Well of the Dragons. And that the Cult of the Dragon steps towards becoming the power that it needs to be are the pieces are being put into place. And the red in his face begins to fade to more of an ashen gray. And he just looks sick. I, I tentatively and then firmly lay a hand on his shoulder and I say, I'm sorry. It is not your fault. Thank you, though. My son disappeared. Let's be honest. He was exiled a long time ago. He didn't disappear. Yeah, we kind of figured. Um, but this... And you see him flip past more pages talking about King Melandric and how he's thought less upon by Naren Vane and how he's a poor old man. You see different phrases skim by. And how he's going to be taught a lesson. And he he shakes his head and slams the book shut. And he says, I, I could not have seen this coming. And, I mean, there were signs that he was not all we expected of him. But we hoped, hoped for more. Hey there! I'm your Dungeon Master, Russ Moore. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 45 of Dungeons & Dragons, titled The Perception of the Guild. If you haven't checked out our Patreon community recently, I invite you to go give it a look today as we've added a ton of new ongoing content for our patrons, switched up some of the tiers, and added new goals to work towards as a community. A big congratulations to our patron, Nathan Donahue, who won our second goal giveaway, which was two D&D 5e books of Nathan's choosing, which have been shipped directly to him all the way in Australia. Now, Nathan chose to keep it a surprise as to what we were sending him but we'll make sure he posts them online when they arrive so everyone can participate in the fun. 
Let's just say they'll add a whole ton of new stuff to Nathan's games, and they are two of my favorite books right now for planning. So if you can and you want to directly support the show, just visit patreon.com slash dumbdragoncast and you can see all the tiers and rewards and we really hope to see you over there. If you can't support us on Patreon, we totally understand and definitely don't want anyone to feel left out. We get it. If you like what we're doing and you want to support us in other ways, the best way to do that is to share a link to the show and talk about us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, which is where you can link your friends, family, or random internet folks that you meet and chat with every day. Word of mouth is really one of the greatest ways to get the show out to the masses, so thank you for doing that. Speaking of which, all of our social media links can be found at dumbdragons.com, so go check out the website and join, follow, or like where you can today. And thanks to Sirenscape for some of the amazing atmosphere and music. Make sure you check them out at sirenscape.com to bring your games to life. Links for everything mentioned today can be found in the description below. The next episode will be out July 25th. It's time to get back to the council session, though, and figure out what is happening and where the adventures could be off to next. Have a great week. We'll talk soon. Lady Laurel Silverhand, she pipes up and she says, I'm sorry, you have you have ridded the misty forest of Kuth and Nairnvane? Well, we drove them out of Kuth's lair. We're not sure where they are now. They were too strong for us to defeat. Even yeah. with the help of Delane and Lascott, they were too powerful for us. Yes, Delane... Delane has been seen back in the city. He has not yet returned to the council. We weren't sure why, but that could have something to do with it. Perhaps he himself is on on the hunt? I don't know. I guess the more pressing matter, the Dragon Council. Uh, what what of your meeting with, with the Council of the Metallic Dragons? Do you want the short answer or the long answer? Well, I guess, will they, will they help us? They will, but they've made demands that will need to be met before they will help. And if I may say, they are not unreasonable demands. What are their demands? And you see some of the other members kind of stirring in their seats a little bit. Reparations, for the most part. People of our kind have been not kind to them that our history is is terrible but the elven history specifically and what we have done to the dragon kind is inexcusable however they are willing to help us if a formal apology is given from you king melandric from me for what for what she just said, listen For to her. Jesus Christ, right? The Dracorg mythal, all dragons made, agitated, and turned to beasts. That was the gold dragon protanther that is looking for this apology. And if we give this apology, they will, they will help us. The gold dragons will help us. Just the gold. This is the demand from the gold dragons. And I think an apology for the help that they can give us is a very, very small price to pay. You're, you're right. We pressed our luck long enough against the cult of the dragon, and we need 
all the help we can get. I will give them their apology. I will make arrangements and do so. Thank you. You look around the room, and it's the, this is the fullest the room has ever been. There are a couple new faces in the room as well. Um, you look to the right of Lord Daggle, Never Ember, and you see a, a female tiefling sitting quietly to his right, who you remember seeing at the very first council session you were ever at. And she was very much, very similar, sitting quietly to herself. You also see the ambassador from Mithril Hall, Ambassador Conrad Bronnenville, sitting at the table, and he hasn't been to any council sessions prior to this one. Also in this room, you see another new face, an older uh, man dressed in very luxurious robes. Delane is not there, um, but Remelia Haventree of the Harpers is there. Anthar Froom is there. Um, and then the rest of the Lord's Alliance um, is also there. King Melandric, uh, Sir Istval, and uh, everybody else who you already know. Lady Laryl Silverhand. And that's all. Is that dwarf that's there by incredible dwarven coincidence, happened to be the one that Flint knows from Mithril Hall? So that'd be amazing. I do believe so. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. He is the ambassador. Good old Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh? <laughs> oh, I love that guy. He's good yeah, in everything. He's very good. Uh, Flint turns toward Conrad Bonneville, and he says... Uh, the Silver Dragons agreed to help us if we're able to get back something of theirs. Um, and he's not really kind of looking at you directly, but turns when nobody else responds and uh, you, you, you mean us? Yeah, Bronnenville, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Keep up. Yeah, over, like, here. Over, over here, bud. Over here. All right. All right. Yep. Yep. What? What okay, what do we got? We got gold, we got uh we Oh got it's uh ore. it's not uh, not quite anything like that. The silver dragon Oterelia Carnos. Uh well turns out we didn't treat her niece so well. We kinda killed her and made her into a suit of armor. And they're not very happy about that, but they're willing to help us and let some bygones be bygones if we're able to return the armor to them. Yeah, we made a suit of armor out of a dragon, and they got a problem with that. Look, I mean, we 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 only killed dragons if they were mucking with our stuff. I, I don't think they're too concerned about why it happened, just that it did happen, but mm. they're willing to... Forgive, provided we return the armor. And you see kind of every other person in the room look to Bronnenville um, with a look of, like, just shut up and do it. And he he kind of, he takes the hint. And he's like, all right, I'll, uh, yeah, we gotta return the armor and say we're sorry, okay. And then we're good. That's it. We're oh, good. Oh, Terilia Carnos said we'll be good after that. All right. Yeah, yeah, I can uh I can make that happen. Silver dragon armor. Yeah, not going to be happy to see that one go. But okay, I get it. I get it. There were of course three other dragons at the council. 
the good news is one has made no further demands of us. That's so that, well, good that's news first. Much easier easier to good d- news deal with first. Yeah. Uh couple things though that, you know, are still still being looked for and this is more perhaps to to everyone, not specifically to one to one race, but the the brass dragon Eleuthera, they'd like the masks returned. When the battle is done and we've defeated the cult, they want those dragon masks back. There's a bit of silence over the whole room as you say that, and Lady Silverhand, she speaks up first and she says, we, we need to win first before we can deal with who is to deal with the masks. If we are successful, then there is something, there's room, room to bargain with them for perhaps protection from these masks ever again. I don't, I don't really think it was negotiable. I, I don't think it was negotiable, nor was it made as a threat. They don't want the masks back to harm us. They could harm us whenever they want. They want the masks back because they belong to dragons, and we've taken them. Of course. I see no issue in working with them to make sure they're kept safe. And it could even be in their hands. So yes, we will make that concession so long as we receive the protection of the, the metallic dragons, which we desperately, desperately need at this point. And our final, our final demand we've been asked to return to you with comes from the copper dragon, Tasmakala, who wants our promise that this will be the only time we call upon them. They will fight with us for one war, but only one war. They don't want to start a, a series of never-ending conflicts. This is it. They will fight. They will help us defeat the cult. And then that's it. Well, honestly, I hope it never gets to a point where we need to call on them. So... Yes. We will deal with this one instance, and that will be that. We will go our separate ways. Flint shoots a look at Nulara, and he's kind of like, hey, like, I think we're fucking doing this. And you look around the room, and you kind of see uh, some people are, are less, in, less happy about the arrangements that have been made, but nobody seems to be jumping up to say, hey, we shouldn't fucking do this. Um, everybody seems to be in uh, in agreement that what needs to happen is are these things to make sure that they have the dragon, the metallic dragons on their side. You, at this point, seemingly have have sold them on the metallic dragons' demands, so to speak, for lack of a better term. Perfect. Lady Silverhand, with that, speaks up and says, "We will, we will make sure that arrangements are made to return the items that they are in are in need of, and to make sure all things have been met." And have you, in your travels, have you seen much resistance from the cult? Have you seen or heard tales of of what we 
we've been hearing, like they've been expanding is what we've been hearing. And the amount of people showing up in Waterdeep and in Baldur's Gate and even farther north up into Neverwinter, it doesn't sound like it's looking good. Well, we just got back to town last night and it seems like shit's pretty bad here in town. Also, we d- we did hear from a bard about some local resistance cells that are cropping up here and there. So that's at least somewhat promising. She says, yeah, yes, yes. And she reaches into her to a sash and pulls out a piece of parchment and lays it on the table. And on the table is a symbol of a sword and an axe crossed with the eyes of an owl over top. And she says, is this what you speak of? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's the symbol we were shown. This is uh, many people's, from what I gather, many people's symbol of hope now. And it would be, it would take a blind person not to see it, but you three are that symbol. How does that rest with you? Oh, well, I feel good about it. I do. I mean... Were we qualified when we took this job? No. <laughs> that is an understatement and a yeah. half. Are we qualified now? Still no. No. Uh, no. But this this war isn't going to be won by a select few. It, it, it has to be won with everyone coming together. And if, if they need a symbol in order to do that, well then, fuck yeah. I'm into being that... Part of that symbol. And you all are of this belief and stance? I think Thea's right. Symbols are powerful and important. It doesn't it doesn't matter that we are perhaps not the heroes that people think we are. If it motivates them to help and to fight, then that's enough. And Flint uh, clasps Thea on the shoulder and he says yeah, she she pretty much nailed it. I feel that way too. Guacamole kind of wanders over and looks at the piece of paper and sees the owl eye staring back at her and looks at me and looks at the paper and looks at me. I just pet her. In her head, she's like, I'm the one saving the world. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> she's like, I don't know why my eyes are on here. You never let me out. <laughs> With that the doors to the council chambers burst open and followed by two guards a young squire come rushing in and he's waving a piece of paper and he's very out of breath and he says I I come with news of stopping the cult of the dragon Music in today's episode was by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.filmmusic.io. Don't lick, don't lick, don't lick. Russ, don't control lick. yourself. Not me. It's the surgery dog. <laughs> I will oh, put a cone on you. Remember what Bort sounds like? Uh, it's probably just some sort of old man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the default Russ voice. You see the council all seated around the large table, and they... 
are all snoring. Is <laughs> if you heard the dog there. That's so loud. Well, um, let's let's start at the beginning, I guess. Which is um. So we we went to Russ and Amy's to play D anD D the first time, <laughs> and it was years was like, ago now. That was so what, many. like three to four years. It's a while ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mistakes were made, and now we're here. <laughs> um, Good. Paisley, stop crying. Jeepers. What's your problem? Jeepers. Jeepers, creepers. I took her hump toy away. So oh, Russ. I don't like to edit out humping. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to go with the bloopers at the end. Right? You got to see this. In so many different book, ways to say it. <laughs> reading Rainbow. He, they will come for you. You cut that out. I will cut that you out. That's true. They came out. for Jordy LaForge, and he used to be the host of that show. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, fair enough. Otirilla. Oh, oh, nope, screwed her name oh, up. Otirilla. Oh, 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 my God. I can't say this name. <laughs> say it one more time, Russ. Otirilla Carnos. You just got to say it once. Dungeons and Dragons is a Dumb Dragons production. The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish. Friends, half-orcs, countrymen, lend me your pointy ears. Of Mice and Men and Monsters is a podcast which combines the art and beauty of classic literature with the fun of Dungeons and Dragons roleplay. These episodes are led by me, Kate, your master teacher, which is Dungeon Master meets High School English Teacher. We take on quests in these fascinating worlds, meeting and adventuring with the greatest literary characters of all time, solving puzzles set up by the dubious Dr. Frankenstein. One eye is over there, and the other eye is rolled over there. Exactly right. Hunting Moby Dick alongside Captain Ahab. (laughs) I've rolled a one. Are you rolling? Of Mice and Men and Monsters is a faithful yet irreverent way to interact with the stories which have influenced us for centuries. Plus, it's a much more exciting way to experience literature than writing an essay. Essays don't have swords which burst into flame, or poop monsters hiding in toilets. Anybody got some poop for me? A new episode of Of Mice and Men and Monsters is released every other Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. 